they saw cat. My parents are, first of all, allergic to cats. I may have said this on the show before. So they're, that's like one reason why they're like, mm, not about cats. And my whole life, my parents were like, basically, cats are the devil. Hello, and welcome to episode 89 of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your farmer's market production of Shuck Jr., you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Just kidding. Platforms. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And you can leave us a five-star paw rating and review Mm. on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Catastic. Percast. That's right. The percast. The the podcast. To find out more about this cat theater nerd cult that we're all a part of, check us out at theaternerdpod.com or you can also find us on Instagram and threads at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. In today's episode, we're discussing Cats the Musical, a deep dive. Rachel, here we are. Happy Monday. Spooky season is almost over. Don't say that. Well, it is. It's only a week away. We're in full effect. You're right. We're in full effect. Um, I work at a hospital, and on the day I work on Halloween at the hospital, and they said we could dress up. So my friend and I might be doing Barbie and Ken. Cute. yeah, so we'll see how that goes. I'm but. gonna be I'm gonna be a zoo animal, and all of our coworkers are zoo animals besides our boss, who's the zookeeper. Love this. <laughs> it's like um, Susical. <laughs> <laughs> I said that, and no one knew what I was saying. So, Don't they listen uh, to this show? Come on! Like, come on now! Yeah, come on! Also, I also work a part-time at a bagel shop, and the day of this releasing um, is the Halloween party, and I'm going to be a bagel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be a lox and cream cheese bagel. It's yeah. so cool. You got to submit your photo to our Instagram. Oh, I will. Put it yeah. on our Insta story. Yeah, for sure. And all of you, I mean, this is a week before Halloween, but um, send us, you know, your Broadway theater costumes you're gonna dress yeah. up for Halloween last year I was Reno them. Sweeney and no one knew who I was you were just a, like, a girl on. on a ship I even had a sailor hat and everything that's amazing I love that thank you 
tried. You just needed a little picture of Sun Foster next to you, and everyone <laughs> would have known. <laughs> yeah, that's what would have done it. Yeah, yeah. Well, today, right. of course, we're we're deep diving a show that Rachel has chosen, which you all know already. But of course, we like to do this fun little surprise um, as of recording this. So I do not know what we're talking about yet. But before we get on to our main event, we have to do our appetizer this week, our appy hour. Ooh, what's our appy hour? Can it be a little, uh, little, um, like, like, Ooh, um, what about like burger pimento? sliders? Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> I was going to say fried green tomatoes with pimento cheese. Ooh, okay, I love that. Fried green tomatoes okay. with pimento cheese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our appetizer, which is, our weekly Broadway theater news segment. What's the buzz? What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. 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 What's the buzz? Yeah, so good. So much to talk about. There's yeah, so much to talk about. First of all. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the, I guess Crazy. it's going to be the one act play. The, <laughs> or two, the two act. act play. Yeah, the two one act. One part. Yeah, one part. Sorry. The one mm-hmm. part play will launch a national tour starting North American tour starting fall 2024. I'm honestly kind of surprised it's taken this long for a tour to happen. I'm surprised it's touring. I mean, this to me, I wonder, you know, we always think about tours like, is it, because the show's gonna close or is it because there other things are happening i don't know well it's um, doing really well we've looked at the weekly grosses right it's doing right really well but i think one thing with uh harry potter is that we talked about this before there are a lot of technical aspects and so mm. i feel touring might be challenging um also That's why they're sending it a year from now so they have politically time politically not that we want to talk about politics but you know some people in different parts of the united states are not into witches wizards that even are pretend experiences on the on the (laughs) stage so i wonder where the national tour will will go and it's a play plays have a hard time touring yeah but i mean to kill mockingbird is 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 running right now but also also a book yeah i mean yeah Yeah, of course and doing amazing so this past week it grossed 1.1 million dollars 87 percent capacity so that's it on broadway so yeah well we're excited for them yeah very excited i hope i get to see it because i have not seen it yeah (gasps) oh yes absolutely Mm -hmm. um also this week, we learned that Quincy Tyler Bernstein, Stein, 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 mm-hmm. sure. and Zoe Kazan uh, are joining the cast of Doubt at Roundabout Theater, playing from February 2nd to March 2nd. So exciting. I love Zoe Kazan. She's a great yeah. actress. Again, the SAG after, SAG after Strike is still going on. And another SAG member, Zoe Kazan. I don't know if Quincy Tyler Bernstein is. I'm sh- maybe they are. <laughs> I'm not maybe. sure. Yeah, but Zoe Kazan for sure. And another, you know, more well-known in the film and TV space actor going to a theater space. Yeah. So. And we have and more we'll, of that. Yes, we do later have more of that. Buzz, yeah. For sure. Yeah. This, I. The uh, can we move on, Taylor? Sorry. Yes, we can move. I on. I just got so excited about the next one. The yeah. next one I am so excited about. I knew I have you been would watching, be. 
I've been watching their Instagrams. I've been watching their TikToks. I've been watching their just little things. And when they came Mm -hmm. to the West End to do this short, limited run, I just wished and hoped and prayed uh, that it would come to Broadway. And it really will. So my son's a queer, but what can you do? Comes to Broadway February 27th at the Lyceum Theater. I am ecstatic. So now I have to figure out when I'm going <laughs> to New York between yeah. February and March um, because I think it's a set as a limited run. Um, but I just think if you haven't seen the content of like, maybe you've seen it but didn't know who it was, of um, my favorite being Galinda, who can't get the timing right. I got a link to that one because that one's my favorite. I watch it the most. I, have not, I haven't even heard of this show, so... Well, I um, the show itself is like a one, you know, a one person show about right. their life, but mm-hmm. they Nash, do, yeah. yeah, but Rob does a lot of funny things on the interwebs before putting this show together, um, mm-hmm. related to musicals, pantomimes, which is a British thing, um, and other things that I just find very funny. So I have to link to one of my favorites, which is when Glinda can't get the timing right. And he literally plays Glinda in his, in their bedroom and amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So I'm very yeah. excited. It had really good reviews in the West end. Yeah. That's super exciting. This was very, very exciting. I was, I've been waiting for this honestly, because I've been wanting to li- a listen to a cast recording, but B I've been wanting to see this on Broadway as well. Three people texted me about this transferring. <laughs> so exciting. Suffs the off Broadway at the public musical about suffragettes is going to transfer to Broadway in April, 2024 with producing team, Hillary Clinton and Malala. Do you know how to say her last name? <laughs> Yusufazi? I? No, I don't know. I don't know. Yusufazi? Yusufazi? They? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sure we could look it up. True. Very. She's a very well-known individual. We just know her by her first name. So we don't even need her. She's Beyonce. She's Madonna. She's Madonna. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's right. Yes, I'm very excited. And I do want to retract that as soon as this announcement came out, I wanted to do a public statement on the podcast and say that I retract my days of wine and roses is going to win best musical. And I actually <laughs> think Suffs is going to win best musical. <laughs> See Taylor, yeah. you can't predict the future without knowing who's in the game. You just true. simply can't. It's true. I didn't even see this coming. This came out of left field. This is like it did. I do yeah. think it did. It did kind of come out of left field because I think we thought, oh well, it's died down now and right. we're done with that. Mm-hmm. But then Hillary meanwhile, Clinton they're just trying in. to sell out. <laughs> yeah, they're just trying to get some more producing team members. And yeah. good grief, did they get some? Yeah, man, that good means if it wins, that. they get a Tony. I just want I that to be. I want you to hear it. Yeah. Hear it. Hillary Clinton is Secretary of State and Tony winner. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know which one's better, to be honest. <laughs> it's just so good. I love a world where both is possible. That's the world yeah. I strive for. True. True. Mm-hmm. Very excited about this. I mean, I wonder how much of the cast from the public is gonna come over. Yeah. I mean, like Philip Sue's available. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all we're saying. We know how much my love for Give Philip Sue a job. 
<laughs> yeah. Also, Philippa, if you want to come on the show, come come and talk about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, well, yeah, very excited. Um, this next bit of news is like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> All right. Yeah. There's Which a one are we going backward? Or are we going? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going, going backward. backward. Okay. There's a work. No, not the next one. <laughs> okay. Sorry. There's a workshop residency of the almost famous musical that's going to be taking place with Tom Kitt and Cameron Crowe, taking place at the Eugene O'Neill Theater on Saturday, November 11th. Wednesday, November 15th, and Saturday, November 18th. I'm just confused. <laughs> Same they're like, are They're like this? readings. They're like readings uh, with like, I, I'm, I don't know. It's Do like a understand? public. Yeah. I think it's like a public not even a preview it's like what you would do in a workshop where you would just have your producing team and potential producers and the directors and maybe some media and they're saying we're gonna sell tickets to that yeah it's just honestly it maybe it's not a bad idea that's, that's the why part that doesn't make sense to me yeah but like in in reality like this might not be a terrible idea Right. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking about workshopping it for the future or, you know, transferring mm-hmm. it to Broadway or I don't know, like it could be kind of fun. But you're kind of like, doesn't this just seem like. Like, is is it not a benefit per concert? Like, it's, they just didn't <laughs> say what it was yeah. in a way yeah. that made sense to me. Yeah, I get it. And it's also, very strange. Like, I don't know. I'm just I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Let Taylor us know. Taylor is unsure. Feel. I am. I'm at a loss for words. He's at a loss for words. The next bit of news has me thinking lots of thoughts and does not have a a lot. I do not have a loss for words, which Mm. is the potentially sad news, but we'll see. That Josh Groban and it is sad. I mean, they're going to move on to other things. Let me just say it. Josh Groban and Annalie Afford to play their final performance in Sweeney Todd on Broadway on January 14th in 2024. Mm-hmm. That they're gonna play together. Taylor was like, it's interesting that they're leaving together. I think it makes perfect sense. I actually think maybe the production team asked them to leave together. Interesting. Um, if they were one was gonna leave, I well, think it's a it's also. a Jonathan Groff, Leah Michelle situation. Yes, exactly. I was gonna say right. it's very hard to think through how you would change the dynamics after this long with someone else. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, presumably they've had understudies too, but... No, of course, but I just mean to sell out the show. Because here's the reality. The names are selling... I mean, the the name of Sweeney Todd and Sweeney Todd itself is going to sell the show. But what's really selling even more of the show, I I might say, is Josh Groban. Yeah. yeah. For me, it would be Annalie Mm -hmm. Ashford. But you know what I mean. Right. For people in New York, it's Annalie Ashford. For people outside of New York, it's Josh Groban. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess we're outside of New York, but. <laughs> I just want to yeah. once again say, like, can we have, like, can Sweeney be older? I just have that request. I think he should be a little older. Would I love to see Norm Lewis play Sweeney? In Andre McDonald? Um, <laughs> I'm crying. Yeah. Thinking about yeah. It's just Again, so beautiful. It's always Norm Lewis and Andrew McDonald. They need to be. But even Kelly O'Hara, like even yeah. Kelly O'Hara would be fine. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Darcy James and Kelly O'Hara before they do Days of Wine and Roses. Yeah. Yeah. 
So well, I'm sad that they're leaving, tickets, but I'm sure yeah. they're going to more things. They're going to sell out until January okay. is happening. Yeah. Yeah, get yeah. your tickets, your $800 tickets now for They are so expensive. What no. the actual heck? That's what I'm saying. That's, what, that's why I'm honestly, you know, not to be mean, but like, Maybe I'm excited for them to leave, so maybe I can actually afford a ticket to go. <laughs> True. Like I don't True. know who the next person's gonna be, but if it's not yeah. someone like that, I might be able to afford it. No, I have no idea who like are they gonna get another like pop star to play? Well that's or... I mean, I guess that's a production question. I personally like could we just have a Broadway star play that role? Right. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe it'll be you. like Lynn. And since he's like a producing and <laughs> no, he won't and like it. Karen Olivo, <laughs> love the idea that it's Karen Olivo. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron, today you want to come back? Could mm. you do this? I feel like he could do this. I feel like he's too young. I don't know, cause he, him and Josh Groban are like. That's what know. I'm saying. I think we need Sweeney to be older. Once again, my vote, mm-hmm. Norm Lewis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. Okay. Oh, gotta move amazing. on. We gotta move yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> also, coming off the uh, needing work because of the SAG strike still going on, Elle Fanning <laughs> will make her Broadway debut in second stages appropriate. Again, the tagline for this podcast. Starting on <laughs> November 29th at the Hayes Theater. Very exciting. That's uh, I yeah. I like how you phrase that because that's exactly how I thought. But also I'm I am excited for her to yeah. be in second stages production. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Um. This it's is super one. super exciting yeah. news. Friend of the show and friend to Rachel and I from high school, Jake David Smith is joining the Les Miserables tour. We wanted to shout this out because we're so excited. He's playing Marius on the tour and I'm hoping I'll get to see it, <laughs> see him in it. Now I want to see it. Now I I'm know, like, we got to drive sure. somewhere. Just- and last but not least, Rachel picks for all these shows, picks for the girl from the Northern country national tour pictures of Danny and Lucy DeVito and I need that at the roundabout theater and lastly the most important pictures of all Sondheim's final musical here we are at the shed which extended I think we talked about um, yes. a couple weeks ago um, they're super cool pictures I'm I'm just intrigued to know what this show's about so and I would say um, as of recording this this just in breaking news uh, we also got pictures of the new Gats, the Great Gatsby. That's playing oh, that's right. Yes, now. yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and let me just say, if I could just say, <laughs> Jeremy Jordan, <sighs> I I knew I liked him, but oh, but everyone in this cast looks absolutely gorgeous. Apparently, reviews things. are good for it. Yeah, the yeah. costuming, like this is yeah. this. There's no way this isn't gonna transfer. Yeah. That's my, yeah. that's my Smith prediction. and Polly looking amazing. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. It looks, it looks well, really, really good. I'm excited to see I'm what. I'm excited. Wow. Yeah. We have a lot in store for our 20, end of 23 into 24 season on Broadway, off Broadway. Gosh. Every time a show announces on Broadway, I'm always surprised. I'm like, oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> wow. Another I'm like, one. Another show. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. Exciting. 
It's yeah. a very diverse Broadway season this year. I feel like there's all different types of shows this year. Yeah, so. I I agree. And I think, I mean, we've talked about this before. Unfortunately, it seems that the only ones that are long standing on Broadway are the ones that are um, big, big, big shows with big names or quote unquote traditional leaning shows uh, related to Broadway. Well, it's funny because Gutenberg has two names attached to it, but it is a small, I mean, it's just the two of them. So, but they're. A limited run yeah so they're successful in a different way what i mean is the ones that didn't announce a limited run to begin with yeah. right like but it, yeah uh, i'm excited like how to dance like, in ohio or something like yes. that yeah 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 for I'm sure so much buzz to talk about i feel like oh we got through that pretty quickly i know we did yeah. so we let's move on to it. our main course Yes. This week. And I think I'm going to choose, uh, we got the fried green tomatoes. I'm going to choose, I mean, you know what show we're talking about, but I mean, maybe the fried green tomatoes goes along with the show we're talking about. Because hmm. I had some shows in mind that I thought Rachel, maybe it's not, Rachel's smiling a lot, so maybe it's not. But I was thinking maybe like a country fried steak. Have you ever had that? Oh, um, no, what is country fried steak? I mean, I, I th- think I've heard that's a people good question. Talk about it. It's mm-hmm. like chicken and steak together with gravy oh. on top, I think. I know that it has gravy for sure. I knew that. Yeah, we're, we're eating at Cracker Barrel this week, apparently. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, uh, it's so good. Okay, right. well, tell me, I'm so excited to find out what show we're I, I just need the you to know dive. that it, it's a deep dive. Um, yeah. and I'm going to just play you a little thing. I need to make sure it's at the right place. Um, but I need you to understand the restraint I've had to wait until episode 89 to discuss this musical. So, one second, please. Oh yeah, I'm ready. For those at home, Rachel muted her mic and <laughs> I'm just watching her try and find the spot where she wants to play the song for me. Okay, now, wait, she's dancing. You know you're muted. Okay. Ah! Wait, I think I'm eight bars too soon. There we go. What what, what music are we talking about? It sounds like, well, I do see the cover art on your phone. Oh, sorry. It's that... Carlos and <laughs> it's Cats, baby. It's Cats! Yay! That, that yeah. specifically was a little segment from the Jellicle Ball where there's no singing. Um, mm. But just vibes. That's how I'd like to describe that. So we Amazing. indeed, I want you to know it took me, I really restrained myself um, to not talk about this, um, because I have a feeling that people are going to be like, I don't want to listen to us talk about cast musicals, the musical, but I need you to Mm. know there's more to it than you think. There's more to it than the movie. That was terrible. And I'm here to to dispel some myths and also talk about it because it actually is a very, very, very strong musical. There's a reason it was one of the longest running shows in history. Yeah, as of 2022 right now, it's the fifth longest running Broadway show and the seventh running longest running West End show. Crazy. So, crazy. That is crazy. So, 
cats. I mean, full disclosure. Yeah, Rachel, do you know I've never seen cats ever in any iteration? But you know the songs, right? I mean, I know like memory, and I know like (laughs) this is the problem with society, Taylor. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the problem okay. with society. Yes, the po- problem is that everyone thinks that they know about cats, but all they heard is mm-hmm. everyone do a terrible rendition of the one song from the musical. Well, so, isn't Memory like the best song in the show? No, it's the worst song, might I say. It's Whoa. not the worst, but it, I mean, it obviously stands the test of time. We're going to talk about it, but it's yeah. the one where I'm like, really, out of all the songs, this is what you picked? Mm. Um. For us to remember. So There's let so me many characters. Oh my you. gosh. I'm looking at the character yeah. list. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Everyone buckle up. It's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be great. This is the musical, in case you have no idea, with music by Andrew, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber, based off of a collection of poems, really, a poetry collection, yeah. Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats by T.S. Eliot. And um, so crazy. Yes, let me tell you who. It just says with music. Who wrote the lyrics? That's what I was trying to remember. So some of the lyrics were from the poems and and, um, Cameron McIntosh and Trevor Nunn, I believe, helped write some of the lyrics, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And they were producer Cameron McIntosh and then the director Trevor Nunn at the very beginning. Gotcha. Now, there have been some songs, as an aside, that have been, were in the show and no longer are in the show, were in the original, like, run of the show, were removed from the show, were added back into the show. Um, there were songs that were cut from both the U.S. and U.K. production. There were songs that were cut just for the U.S. production from the U.K. production. Um, so there's a lot, and obviously, uh, the musical movie, which once again is terrible, and we are <laughs> barely going to talk about it today, had, um, had at least one extra song. Mm-hmm. So also, just so you know, um, in order to do Cats, you have to have at least a 16-piece orchestra. So that's my fun fact right at the beginning. Love that. Um, t- uh, tell me about your, if you know anything about Cats, Taylor, tell me your first experience with Cats. The things or with cats the musical? Well, I know it's about cats. <laughs> and what is it? I know I it's like, wait, what? <laughs> that would plot twist. You're coming to cats and it's about gerbils. Just kidding. Um yeah. yeah. I know that it's yeah, there's a lot of dancing in it. Yeah. Um I know it's basically it's almost like a ballet at some points, isn't it? Mm, and good. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that for some reason it's really popular. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know that it's like about this like one cat that is like new and like nobody knows who she is. And then she like comes to the junk, like she goes through and meets a bunch of other different types of cats. And then she does a dance and they all love her. I don't know. <laughs> No, don't they like ascend her into heaven or something? Isn't there like oh. a thing about like like ascending a cat like Jennifer yeah. Hudson into heaven or something? I don't know. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So right. my my, my other things to work with. Those are not yeah. all the same characters, but we'll, we're going to dispel myths. Right. It's going to be great. I can't. Well, wait. my other thing about cats is that my parents lived in London during the time that cats and like Les Mis and like all the and Phantom and all these shows were were yeah. starting, starting premiering. And um, they saw cat. My parents are first of all allergic to cats. I may have said this on the show before, so they're that's like one reason why they're like mm, not about cats. And my whole life, my parents were like basically cats are the devil, is what <laughs> cats like the actual animals. Yeah. And then they went and saw cats, and they were just like, it's weird. We don't get it. Like it's just creepy. The one thing they loved about it, and I think I talked about this on the set design episode, is that they loved the set design, and they loved, like, everything's, like, ginormous. Like, there's, like, I remember my mom telling me about, like, a cereal box being, like, really big, and because it's all, yeah, it's, like, told from the cat's point of view, I'm guessing, so, yeah, that's what, Cats has the set design going for it. It does. It does have a set yeah. design going for it. Yeah. We will talk about the awards that it has won over the years, which are I'm many. Sure. It is um, crazy. Even just looking at this Wikipedia page, like, it is just wild how it's... I feel like it's definitely low-key and underrated show because... It is not underrated. People just don't know what it's about. Because I would say, I would dare I say, it was extremely popular. It was one of the things, just like... Phantom right. and Lame is that people were going to New York to see. Yeah. Now, did they like it after they saw it? Did they understand? I don't know. But my mom, I'm sure, shout out to Barb who texts me every time she listens. Thanks, Barb. Um, mm-hmm. will text me and tell me exactly how many people went with uh, wanted to go see cats with her on Broadway when she was going to New York. I wanna I wanna know, Barb, how many? Because I think it's I think it's more than you think it is. Like I think this was a very popular show. 70s sure. 80s 90s um and we tried to make it popular again as with our fashion in the 2020s in the late 2010s early 2020s and i think it happened but not really mm-hmm. um yeah. but yeah i want to share my first experience with cats the musicals if that works and then oh i'm just so excited to talk about this, this musical yeah I'm so, I'm looking at some of the Tony Awards things. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Okay, keep it's going. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um. So my first experience. Yes. Tell me that your I first remember, experience with the cat. Yeah. That I remember is sitting in our spare bedroom with the VHS VHS movie. Uh, what is it called? Television that had a mm-hmm. VHS underneath it. It was mm-hmm. the same VHS a movie or TV player that I had that I watched the princess diaries on just in case you were wondering the first one and my parents had some filmed version Mm -hmm. of you know that was obviously produced some version of the show and I think it was the Broadway version but it actually might have been the one of the UK versions I can't remember but it was the the 98 direct-to-video musical because there was a the a filmed version of the musical Yes, it was the musical. It was like it was staged. So that was mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah. So it was and, filmed in London in 1997. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So it was the UK. Yeah. Um, and it was 
I just remember feeling mesmerized as a kid by it. I mm-hmm. would love to hear the other people's perspective of me watching that. And I will say there are a few standout characters um, who for some reason were like comforting or like, I just love their mm. music. Rum yeah. Pum Tugger being one of them, Mr. Mistopheles yeah. and Skimbleshanks. Yeah. Shout out. Rachel's sexual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to say like, as a kid, like, it was so, I just like couldn't, I couldn't, I was just mesmerized by it. Yeah. I think that it has. It was a, it was a hallucinating drug that you. I do. I mean, I do think that yeah. it has some kind of, you know, when you watch um kids shows and you're like, this is weird. And kids are eating it Yeah, like Teletubbies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It's the same kind of thing, except there was lots of dance. I, I need to reiterate the dancing part. Like Taylor was saying, there was so much dancing the orchestra yeah. it was like so cool like they all the cats were talking to you like as a kid you're like this is so funny right like mm-hmm. the cats are telling you about their lives and it's really funny you have these one this one cat who's kind of like making mischief for everyone else you have these two cats who are like kind of conniving and scheming but they also do fun little tumbles on the stage and mm-hmm. sing in harmonies you have this one cat who's like pretends to be the best cat around and he's like super fun and kind of a rock star and just having a great time. You have another cat who does magic and is a little shy, but is doing great things. You have another mm. cat who tap dances. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I just can't express to you how much I loved it. And I don't think that I really knew how much I loved it until it's like somehow ingrained in my psyche. Mm. And mm. it really rewired my dopamine receptors, I swear, because the <laughs> moment that the name like the Jellicle songs for Jellicle cats comes on I am unwell like you just cannot hold me down I'm just so excited so that was my first experience I don't know when or if I ever saw a staged version of the show when I was a kid when it was revived again on Broadway um I was gonna look at the the time what year it was I think it was like 2016, but I could be wrong. Um, yep, 2016 at the Neil Simon Theater. Wow. I um, went to see it with my mother, um, which was amazing. You it saw was it with so Leanna good. Lewis? One moment. I want to see Rachel's pulling out her playbill. Yeah, that's the only way to know. She was the one Cruz who sang memory. Yeah, she was Cruz uh, Yeah, she was at my performance. Yes. Oh, cool. You know, bleeding yeah. love lady. Keep oh, really? Bleeding, I keep, keep bleeding. I didn't know yeah, that. that's her. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, okay. So, yeah. yes. Um, I went to see it with my mother then. And then I also, it came to Richmond touring, I think maybe in 2018. Maybe it was 2019. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And I saw it with my niece, Darby. Love um, this. I will say when I saw it on Broadway, I felt like, wow, this is an amazing show. Like I knew it, I know it's an amazing show. And then you see it stage and you're like, wow, this is an amazing show. When I saw it touring, I have lots of qualms about where our Broadway tours in Richmond and the, the sound design of that place. And 
how it's hard for the actors and it's hard for the orchestra. And I think the that sound was... isn't great. You're right. Cause I've seen a yeah. couple shows there. And... Yeah. And yeah. I think that it's hard for the actors and the orchestra to keep proper time. And so things move a bit slower. Even when I saw Hamilton there, I felt like things were slower than normal. And it's just a, a ginormous um, theater as well. Like physically right. has like a lot of space. And so um, when I saw it touring, it was less exciting um, but still amazing. I still, and my niece mm. who was like, I don't know if I'm going to like it, really loved it. So shout out to that. Anyway, that. I talked too much about it, but yeah, <sighs> I just love it. I love it so mm. much. I'm going to tell you why it's amazing. Yes. Please tell me what you love about the show. Tell me about the show because I've never seen it. So, okay. So as Taylor said, there are like nine bajillion cast members in this show. <laughs> Um, I think the actual thing is like maybe there's 15 named casts, cats, cats, so cats. crazy. Um, and there's difference. I want to talk yeah. about there's, there's a little apparently bit of a depending on the production, there's like 30 casts. Yes. yes, there's a difference between some of the cats in the original West End production and in the Broadway production, and then again yeah. once we've moved to the revival for the Broadway production. Well, but there's American cats versus. English yes. cats. Yes. Yes. Duh. Yeah. And right. in the Broadway version, there's one cat or one, sorry, one actor who plays multiple cats and that also changes. Um, mm. So I will tell you what I think the intention, I will tell you what people think that the plot is and then I'll tell you my readout later when we do some quick analysis. But Love it. essentially... You start off with an amazing overture and you end up at the beginning where random people in leotards come out as cats <laughs> and you're now in the world where cats, you're the size of a cat, you as the audience member, because all of the set design is ginormous and the cats right. are now talking to you in the audience. There is completely a breaking of the fourth wall immediately. They are talking to you. They're technically talking to that character you were saying who is new to the junkyard mm -hmm. but depending on how it's staged most of the time that's actually you that looks like you so it, right. it is a complete breaking of the fourth wall all these cats come out they start saying random things about cats or singing them rather and they sing the song jellical songs for jellical cats and you learn for some reason these kinds of cats who can do these kinds of things are quote unquote jellical cats. What are jellical cats? I don't know. But they are telling you, you don't know. all the things that they are. I mean, they're telling you what they are. And then they do this weird, creepy song where they all stand at the front of the stage and they name the cats and they talk about the naming of cats and they talk about the importance of names of cats. And then there's really only one plot point, I, I think. The plot point that's driving the 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 show is that every time there's a full moon there's a jellical ball and from that someone is picked to go to the heavy side layer what is that we will discuss in our analysis <laughs> so that is that's like where you are the first two songs you know that's what's happening and then do you know <laughs> yeah you that's what you know that's all you know Right. Um, and then right. all these cats kind of introduce themselves, sort of, 
by song, by dance, by their own actions, and mm. they all intertwine and have mm. some kind of some of them have conflict. There's one who's like trying to win going to the heavy side layer by like actually holding other cats hostage so they can't go to the Jellicoe ball. There's this one, this is what everyone remembers. There's this one cat, Grizabella, who mm. maybe has been thrown out on the street, even though she's a cat and basically left to be unhoused and uh, used and abused. And maybe she's actually a sex worker. I don't know. And she's coming back Whoa. and she is ragged and people don't know who she is because she has basically fallen from grace. She used to be the best cat. And that's when she sings the song memory. That's her song right. is memory. That's Grizabella's song. You get to this close to the end plot point when People are trying to figure out, like, we're at the Jellicle Ball, then we're trying to figure out who's going to win, win, quote unquote, to go to the heavy side layer. And, you know, everything resolves or does it. And they choose Grizabella. They've redeemed her and she goes to the heavy side layer. What you hear in the show is that when someone goes to the heavy side layer, they are reborn. Okay. Okay. That is essentially the plot, which I know sounds terrifying and terrible and you're like why would i ever see a show about that <laughs> but here's my do you have questions about the plot should i pause to see if well here's while you were talking i found this okay. article a newbie's guide to the jellicles from cats <laughs> and this was written when the movie came out in 2019 um it's an uh section of the article says what does jellicle mean exactly um it says jellicles in can and jellicles do taylor yeah in one of T.S. Eliot's poems called The Song of Jellicles, it yeah. goes, Jellicle cats are black and white. Jellicle cats are rather small. Jellicle cats are merry and bright and pleasant to hear what they caterwaul when they caterwaul. A jellicle cat is basically a regular house cat, but more magical and more musical. A jellicle cat is aware of the jellicle ball and knows to attend so that they can be chosen to go to heavy side lair. Yes. So the the song, Jellicle Songs for Jellicle Cats, which is reprised in multiple forms throughout the show, which is why I believe it is the best song. And that's what they thought when they originally made the musical. I'm going to stand mm -hmm. behind that thesis. But the actual lyrics to the chorus are some version of because jellicles can and jellicles do, jellicles do and jellicles can, jellicles can and jellicles do, or it's jellicle songs for jellicle cats, jellicle songs for jellicle cats, <laughs> or uh, jellicles uh, can because jellicles would, jellicles do because jellicles would, jellicles would can, jellicles can, and jellicles can and jellicles do. I just want to shout out <laughs> someone like the whole cast has to remember in which order the cans and woods come. And I don't True. know how, but essentially the first thing it talks about all of these different types of cats. And in my opinion, the song is saying that any cat can be a jellicle cat mm. because of the way that it goes. And it, there's a one part where I really love it. And it says practical cats, dramatical cats, Pragmatical cats, frantical, fanatical cats, oratorical cats, deliforical cats, skeptical cats, uh, dyspeptical cats, romantical cats, pedantical cats, critical cats, parasitical cats, allegorical cats, metaphorical cats, statistical cats, and mystical cats, political cats, hypocritical cats, clerical cats, hysterical cats, cynical cats, and rabbinical cats. 
if that doesn't say all the cats, I don't know what does. Then so, it's a lot of types of cats. Talking, my cats have come in. <laughs> <laughs> they, you were calling them. They are jellico cats. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think we're supposed to fully know what a jellico cat is. I think that's part mm-hmm. of it. Also, you have to remember the cats are the narrators of this story. They're right. telling you who are now a cat also what jellical cats are and nothing makes sense mm-hmm. um and i would say that's kind of the fun part like really there's only one real plot line the rest is everyone sharing their characters and i think i think that there's some things to learn from this but i i want to wait to to share what mm-hmm. my thoughts are on it but love it there's there so let me read you the a few cats that you might know alonzo he's the cat buster for jones he's the cat who likes to eat asparagus or gus is the cat played asparagus. by asparagus <laughs> he, his Love name that. is gus um cassandra uh demeter grizabella everyone knows Jenny annie dots mistopheles mm. Mungstrap, uh old deuteronomy mccavity um rumtum tugger rumple teaser and Timble Brutus are all wow. cats that you see. And there's a few more. Incredible. It's crazy. That's a lot of cats. It's a yeah. lot. It's too many cats, maybe. We should say, too, because we have not said this, the overall worldwide gross by 2012, so it's probably made more than this, is $3.5 billion. Um, The London original... London production premiered on May 11th, 1981 at the New London Theater, and it played a total of 8,949 performances before it closed on its 21st anniversary on May 11th, 2002, which is wild. Um, On Broadway, it opened on October 7th, which is my wife's birthday. That's fun. And her name is Kat, basically. Um, 1982. At she, my wife was not born in 1982. Um, at the Winter Thank Garden you. Theater, yeah, with a record-breaking 6.2 million in ticket pre-sales, million dollars. I want to say um, also, Cats has been in more than 30 countries and presented in more than 15 languages. Like this is a, I this is why this is not an underrated show. This is a huge hit. This might be one of the biggest hits. Of all time. Yeah, it definitely is. But I feel like people are like, oh, yeah, Cats. Like, that show. Like, I don't know. I feel like people don't talk about it that much. I I think that people think that they know it because they know of that one song. And I just want to go on the record where it is, like, this show is really weird. But you have to remember, in the 70s, number one, mm-hmm. that's the context. Number two you're competing on uh, like as a Broadway show with a lot of a lot of content one of which at some point Cirque du Soleil type things and circus related things start coming into play within Mm. the Broadway sphere so how can we take what is choreography that might be found in other places put them into a show and still make it a Broadway show how can we take which includes ballet and I think some aerial experiences 
which was I think pretty avant-garde for the 70s yeah um and then you also have normal things that Broadway show hit Broadway shows have a tap number um a huge huge like opening number that has Mm. just a lot of oomph to it which is very I think very important at the time and then you have which is once again I think the most overrated part of the entire show um but you have a you do you have a power ballad that literally brings down the house um I I do want to say that Grizabella sings memory um like close to the end of the show no she sings memory um near the end of act one and then reprises or in the middle of act one sort of oh i see yeah yeah it's hard because she actually sings the song without singing the chorus she's like preludes it and then postludes it it's a very strange experience um she preludes it at the end of act one and then actually sings the full song literally three songs before the end of the show which is it's just so weird but also like he did a good job they did a good job Mm -hmm. and um i just i think that the show also whoever signed off on yeah we're gonna let 35 humans roam the stage pretending they're cats by putting them in full-length leotards and putting wigs all around their their like their hair all around their face like including down below them and paint their face tell them to sing on stage dance and act as if they are cats i mean just i want to know what that original conversation was like what that original Mm -hmm. letter was like hey i'm gonna take I wrote some songs and we should put it to the T.S. Eliot poems. <laughs> so wild. It is wild. It is wild. And I yeah. think, but also it's so, it's such a fun show. If you allow yourself to not be there for the plot, mm-hmm. like every mm-hmm. cat is giving a performance. It's different. It's fun. It's kind of funny. Like, and also you get to laugh at the cats because they're not humans and you get to laugh at what, they're experiencing in a way that you would not feel comfortable if they were humans. And I think that that's also important. Like they are Mm. not even, you don't even think that they're supposed to represent humans really when you're watching it originally, you're not like, Oh, well, I feel uncomfortable laughing at the cat that is, you know, doing mischief or likes to eat because that feels bad. And you're like, no, they're actually cats. They're Mm -hmm. cats. And this is funny because they're all talking to each other. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. I think it's a great show. I also think it has more to offer than what people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had preconceived notions. I definitely want to see it someday. It recently came here. Didn't it just like do a tour? Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I would say also though, it is a slower show because there are so many yeah. elements of choreography. There is the song I played for Taylor at the beginning. That song no one sings the entire song. It is seven and a half minutes mm-hmm. of just straight up dancing. Right. And there are slower parts of the show. I mean, obviously, if we had to redo it for a like longer Broadway run, I, you can't touch it because it's just it's 
you know, it is sacred. But if you were to like think about what the audience wants, you would you might move some of these along or you might not have all of them sing. Um, mm-hmm. Because there are clearly in my mind winners on the song choices. But um, but yeah, I mean, but also it's like a really fun show. Now I want to I have a few caveats mm, that I want to let ready. you speak. Cat or, okay. Beats. Cat Yeah. 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 Number one. Um McCavity. <laughs> in the original production, both in the West End and on Broadway. McCavity, the mysterious cat, um who, who I believe is played McCavity, by Idris Elba yeah. in the movie. Is that yes. He yeah. is the one making all the trouble. And mm-hmm. there's a song, and it's still in the show, but the way that it's staged, including in that version that was filmed in the 90s, reads as racist, even though I already said that we're technically talking about cats. <laughs> it just doesn't feel right. It's also right. a little scary <laughs> than it right. should be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like weird... They're all wearing black. It's just like, I just feel like there was a racial ideology that was thrown into specifically McCavity, the character, and the Mm. way that he looks versus, Mm -hmm. and also what he does and having that combined. Yeah. Um, And I think that the movie, although a terrible movie, does actually a better job at lessening that. And when I saw it on Broadway, they definitely have changed in 2016. They have changed the staging of that. They obviously have changed who can, who quote unquote can be and what some of the cats look like. Rum Tum Tugger will always look the same because he's the sexy cat in the show. Um, But Jason Derulo. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, Anyway, so I want to caveat that I do think that even though this is technically a musical about Mm -hmm. cats, there are some Mm -hmm. human things that came into play that were not always for the best so was that just like do you think do you really think when they were writing it in the 80s they were thinking about that or i think you understand what i'm asking yes i don't um i don't know if they were like yeah black people are the people who are bad and so we're gonna make the characters be right it's the question I have about the Wickersham brothers, not to bring it to Susical, but like, is is it because, yeah, just have some questions about what they, it's not necessarily, were you thinking this, but mm-hmm. why weren't you questioning what you were doing? Right. right? Like at some point, mm-hmm. maybe they could have had a moment, although once again, it was the seventies where they were like, this maybe reads not great. Maybe we can just right. change this cat to be different mm-hmm. or how we stage this right. can be different and not have like masks on for the McCavity mm-hmm. song. I mean, they eventually did change some of that, which means to me that they understood that it was wrong, whether they meant to do it that way consciously or unconsciously, it doesn't ultimately matter because it was right. a choice that they decided to move away from, which means that they knew it wasn't great. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, I don't think, I do the only the only thing I think personally, which is a theory I have, is that Grizabella is meant to be a woman who has fallen from the top of society and has had to sell herself. Mm-hmm. Um, even though she's a cat. 
um, and mm-hmm. husband uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has to do. Basically, is, yeah. So I, I think that there are some with her specifically. I read. I mean, don't get on Reddit to talk about cats. Let me just caveat. Please do not do it. It was I lasted five and a oh half minutes, gosh. and I was like, I cannot be here. Incredible. Um, We'll link it in our show notes below. No, no, you will not. (laughs) But I think that there are some questions, you know, about domestic abuse related to her or like her fall from grace. And I I, I do think that that was an intentional thing. It's a pretty interesting thing to think that that maybe is what's happened to this cat and why Mm -hmm. she's singing such a powerful song. And maybe we should read this through the lens of trauma. That Mm -hmm. might be nice. I think that this show... If you allow it to be just about cats, it can be just about cats. And you can have a very fun, weird, of course, but fun. Some of these songs are like bang, like headbangers in my mind. And just, it's really cute. It's really cute. And if you, if that's all you walk away with and you're like, wow, that orchestra's tune is stuck in my head for nine days. That's amazing. I love that for Mm. you. Mm. If you are like me and you want to think, I actually think there maybe are some undertones here about how. This isn't about cats at all. This is about society. This is in a way for us to explore that idea through really weird ways that make us feel like it's okay to do that. Um, You know, we have the choice to decide if we're going to feel like whichever of the cat characters because none of them are quote unquote really that bad. And we can all see as ca- as people who are watching this happen, we can choose to identify with which character we feel in that moment. And I also think that like the idea of a collective group having to come together to choose who is redeemed in the end is very normal um, hero's arc journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, within a narrative and and we can decide if that means something close to our religious experience or if we think that that means something more different like related to now that society re-accepts me I still am who I my experiences but I also now am back in society and now I'm reborn into this other thing yeah mm. I don't know it's very yeah. uh, but one last thing and then I'll stop talking and let you talk yeah there is a thought, one that some people have, like a, enough people where it's like, if you Google it, you'll get enough hits mm-hmm. on it, mm-hmm. that they think that the cats are already dead. Interesting. A lost situation? So we're all dead. <laughs> and they're like the new cat is coming to the quote junkyard because she has died. And collectively, now, every full moon, they get to decide who's actually being born, meaning Mm. not that they die and are born again, but now they are already dead, and so they are reborn. Interesting. Yes. And I I will say more people people had that thought after the movie came out than, Mm -hmm. I mean, they had this, some people have had this thought before, but a lot more rhetoric happened about that during the movie because you're just like what the actual heck is happening right cat right. sacrifice is what it feels like i know catrifice cat cat yeah. yeah okay so i said wild. a lot taylor what are your thoughts the one thing i do want to talk about because i feel like you can't talk about cats without talking about 
the costumes, the makeup, yeah. the things like that. I think, do you have a favorite, like, costume or makeup or anything like that that has to do with cats? I think that um, Rum Tum Tugger's costuming as, like, a rock star cat. Mm-hmm. He's in a literal leather mm-hmm. leotard. He's in a leather yeah. leather leotard. Crazy. He's got this, like, big orangey mane he and it's he's like got a studded belt that's like leather that's like cheetah print or something or Mm -hmm. leopard print depending on what you're looking at and Mm -hmm. he's got amazing stripes on his face as well as the rest of his body i mean yeah he does it that's it for me i just gotta say these uh, these dancers gotta be hot during this show Right. right yeah because they got like a full face of makeup on, they got yes, a wig, they got a leotard, they got a tail. I mean, come on. Yes, yes. I. It's all I also want to. It's crazy. Do you have one? Have you looked up somewhere? You're like, ooh, this is my favorite. Rumtum Tugger is pretty cool. Um, I'm looking at Skimble Shanks is is pretty cool. I know he's the best. Yeah. Grisabella is. Looking a little bit. Every time I see a picture of her, she kind of looks like a mouse. But <laughs> oh, it's so oh, funny, Isabella. I I want to tell you a fun fact. Um, in the original mm. production, speaking of costuming, in the original production, um, they used yak hair for the wigs. Oh my! And goodness. it was more than three thousand pounds of yak hair that they used to make those wigs. Dang, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. How many, yeah. where did they get all the yaks? <laughs> I, I didn't learn that much. <laughs> uh, that's wild. So I know you said, Taylor, that you haven't listened to all the songs, but do you have a favorite song from those that you've listened to? I mean, I don't know how you can't. I think Rum Tum Tugger may be one of the best characters. And I think the Rum Tum Tugger. Yeah, yeah. so good. Is probably the best. Although just singing Jellicle is so fun. I know. Jellicle, Jellicle, Jellicle. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, word Jellicle is just fun to say. It is super fun to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about memory, but memory is like literally the biggest. Like, I feel like literally anyone knows that song. It has been recorded by more than 150 artists. That's so crazy. Barbara Streisand. It's just crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Um, Yeah. Okay. I want to tell you about the awards, Taylor, because we've talked about Mm. a lot of the Oh, wait. Do you have a favorite song? Oh, okay. Mm, It's so hard to pick my favorite. It depends on the day. I would Mm. say, in terms of songs specifically about cats, my... My, my. Well, that's what tied. we're talking about, isn't it? <laughs> I know, but mine are tied between Skimble Shanks and Mr. Mistopheles. Mm. Uh, uh, magical Mr. Mistopheles. I also think, <laughs> truly, like I maybe just need to marry the orchestra because this is the one show where, like, I think that even without all the lyrics, I would love the music. And I do mm. not think that about Phantom of the Opera. And I do not necessarily think that about Joseph. And so I really think that this maybe is his best work. 
because the music alone mm-hmm. i think is powerful and that is presented by one song literally having no words <laughs> right um mm-hmm. but then the the prologue the jellical song for jellical cats obviously is actually my right. favorite song I think we cannot just briefly talk about the movie. 2019 musical fantasy film based on the musical uh, directed by Tom Hooper, who we've talked about already. Um, Huge, huge box office bomb. Huge bomb in general. I mean, I haven't watched the whole movie. Pandemic, as people would say. (laughs) Rachel. (laughs) That's amazing. I I don't believe that, but people have said such a thing. I do just want to say this cast is insane. Vanessa Hayward, Judy Dench, Idris Elba, Jennifer Hudson, Rebel Wilson, James Corden, um, Jason Derulo, Ian McKellen, Taylor Swift, um, Stephen McRae. Um, did you say Ian McClellan already? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, I just, as guess, yeah. Here's my thing. I just, here are my two points because I'm sure at some point we will la la bland this movie. Yes, yes. As someone who loves Cats, the musical, I enjoyed this more than other people. I am sure of that. Mm -hmm. I have three main issues. Number one, why did you not just let people wear leotards and wigs? (laughs) Why did we need to CGI the situation? I really think that that's a big part of the issue. Mm -hmm. And it relates to maybe my third point, but I really think that we would have been okay just using our freaking imagination and thinking that people could do it. Or, I mean, or it could have just been cartoons and we could have had the voice actors of these people Mm, singing the songs and doing cartoons, kind of like the Aristocats. I don't know how that would have worked, but I'm just saying, I just felt like either of those scenarios were going to be better than this. So Mm. that's my first thing. My second point is, close your ears, Hannah Reed. I think casting Taylor Swift in this movie was the worst decision they could have made. And I think that because she required them to have an extra song, a song that was so bad. And the song she sings isn't the extra song. That's Mm -hmm. what's weird about it. I was like, what? The song she sings is in the show. Mm -hmm. It's just... I just couldn't with her. They thought people were going to come to the box office because of her. People didn't because they heard how bad it was. And the third goes back to my first point. They decided to CGI the situation. Okay. And then they were losing money left and right. Yeah. And they I mean, the movie movie wasn't even done when it came out. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. So crazy. Taylor Swift playing Bombalarina. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all know, of course, we talked about this. Taylor Swift originally auditioned for Les Mis. So Tom Hooper had her number and was like, um, hey, you want to come be a cat for a day? And we all know she kind of she kind of has those cat eyes. So um, love you, Taylor. Love you, Swift. Love you, Swift. Um, um, yeah. So let's talk about the awards okay. of the original okay. Broadway production. Let's do that. This is, it's crazy, Taylor. So we've talked a lot about their, you know, we've talked a lot about the um, costuming, we've talked about set design, we've talked a lot about the musical. So 
Um, mm. In the London production, it was nominated for six Olivier Awards, um, and it won two. One was Best Musical. Very important. Very. Um, but then, uh, when it came to Broadway, it was had 11 nominations, and it won... I think, hold on, let me remember. It won seven. And let me read you the ones that it won. Best musical. Okay. Best book yeah. of a musical. Mm-hmm. And that book went to T.S. Eliot. So I want yeah. to go back to, that's technically who they said the lyrics were. It's from exactly from those poems. They just arranged the words into the show. So the best that's book That's what's of the so musical. wild is that in the canon of history, of all time history, T.S. Eliot has a Tony Award. <laughs> I know. So, best musical, best book of a musical. So crazy. Um, best performance by a featured actress in a musical, which was Betty Buckley as Grizabella in Cats, obviously. Mm. Yeah. Best original score and music or lyrics written for the theater obviously went to Cats, Andrew, Sir Andrew. Mm-hmm. And best direction of a musical went to Trevor Nunn for Cats. And then best costume design went to John Napier for Cats. And best lighting design. But you know what didn't go to Cats? Which we talked about at nauseum. Taylor, this is crazy. Isn't it crazy? That yeah. they didn't win best choreography. The whole show is choreography. <laughs> it's like you won literally everything else but best choreography. That's crazy to me that is crazy Winning best choreography was tommy walsh and tommy tune for my one and only that is crazy yeah, yeah. i really find that to be the most astonishing part mm. yeah that is wild like that's i wonder if it won in in the revival um let's think no it wasn't nominated i don't think so Okay, 2017 Tony Awards. Um, that was the year of Hello Dolly. Oh, shout out to Gavin Creel. And mm-hmm. I don't think it it was nominated at It wasn't all. nominated for revival. Yeah, for anything. Yeah. And Andy Blankenbuehler from Hamilton did the choreography. I don't know if you knew yeah. that. Yeah. That's amazing. I didn't know that. That's why it was so good and, when I saw it. But he ended up winning a Tony for choreography for Bandstand that year. So so we're good, which I also saw. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just think that that's crazy. I also want to say that it was nominated for a Grammy Award and it won that award. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, and then in the 2015 revival in, in London, um, was nominated for two Olivier Awards, but did not win. Yeah. The original London production was also nominated for a Grammy, but didn't win. That's crazy. I just, this show is like a mammoth of a show. I just really need people to hear me mm-hmm. when I say like, it really truly is so crazy. I think what's cool about it is that it can technically stand the test of time mm-hmm. because it is not about humans and the elements of the set you could change to be related to what humans discard or use Mm -hmm. making them bigger you can change the way that characters are played without having to change the lyrics because literally all they're talking about are cats right and you can change just so many things the choreography you could change like how fast maybe the music is Mm -hmm. although i'd love to see what the music 
timestamp is for for the first song because I think it has like three different or four different times in it. Um, but yeah, I just think that this musical, which is such a strange concept when you share it, I'm not selling it well, um, is really just very magical. Mm. And I, th- I think it's also very kid friendly, even though I think some parts are scary. It's not, I don't think it's as scary as it was, I think, based off right. of what I've seen. But mm. yeah, love that. Cat, the musical. Yeah. But um, it is coming off Broadway, um, which we've talked about in 2024. It's oh, a new rendition. Yeah. Yeah, a new rendition. <laughs> of it um mm-hmm. is coming so this is um cats is back reimagined set in harlem's drag ball culture to premiere next summer june 2024 at the world trade center's new pearlman performing arts center um will appear in june and july directed by zaleon levinson and bill roch um, with choreography by Arturo Lyons and Omari Wills. Um, staging set in Harlem's drag ballroom culture. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, that's what's so cool about it, right? Like, and we've talked about Rum Tum Chugger a lot. So sorry to all the other cats. But he mm-hmm. is like the superstar of the show in terms of like, he's supposed to be like Elvis, right? Like a lot of the things that he does moves wise are reflective right. of Elvis. I mean, just to be honest, but like, what mm-hmm. if we change that to be culturally relevant for the 20, you know, for 2023, right? Like how awesome would that be? Or mm-hmm. if we just he's, changed it based off of he's the Harry Styles <laughs> or something else, like maybe yeah. he's like Lady Gaga. Like we don't mm-hmm. care. It doesn't matter. Right. right? right. Like it doesn't matter. And or Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. I just want to move home that like I think that this is why this musical is just so good. It is you can just do so whatever good. with it. Because you can do whatever you want with it. Right. And it's not trying. I, I honestly think mm-hmm. that it is one of the shows that is actually not trying that hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet it is amazing. And the singing, as we know, I'm fangirling. I love cats. There definitely is something to be said about it, especially going to so many different countries like you don't have to have a show that right right but also you don't have to have a show that has a lot of dialogue or or singing it's just like it's universal because it's just like dancing and and you're getting the emotion from it so yes absolutely yeah cats this is also where i think again i've said this before on the show but andrew lloyd weber needs to do a sequel dogs and then cats and dogs can run on broadway together and then the third iteration can be a musical version of cats and dogs the movie cats versus dogs (laughs) this is what i'm saying I also yeah. want to reference um, Cam from Modern Family dressing up as Rum Tum Tugger in that one Modern Family episode. Oh, that we were. So <laughs> and he's like stuck in a tree. It's so funny. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Well, part of the yeah, reason we'll I wanted to do cast so now was because also we're so close to Halloween and I thought this was a good. Right. Oh, yeah. And before we wrap our discussion, I and have Rachel's going to dress up as Rum Tum Tugger for Halloween. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Actually, Skimble Shanks, I think. Yeah. One last thing, the poster, 
the artwork for the show, in my opinion, is so good. <laughs> the two eyes. Oh, shoot. It's not on the revival. The revival one does just has the words, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the two eyes. They're yellow. And yep. inside are cat dancers from the musical as yep. the eyes. As the, as the as the pupils. As, as the, the pupil, pupil. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, truly innovative. Like, good yeah. work. I know. I wonder who those people are. Shout like, out. are they getting residuals from <laughs> they this? Should. Like, they should. Yeah, get they some should. Residuals. Yeah. Come on, Saga. Sag <laughs> strike. Come on. Yeah. That designer oh, was goodness. like, I don't know, guys. I don't think it looks good. And then it, yeah. it's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's mesmerizing. It's certainly like, yeah. It's it a drug trip. Yeah, it sucks you in. <laughs> the dopamine receptors rewiring immediately when you're yeah. looking at that. And this is the part of the show where I do my best cat impression to end our discussion. <laughs> well, thank okay. you, Rachel. Thanks, I have Taylor, been, for I have enduring. Been, I have been catified. All right, Rachel. Let's talk about our character of the week. Let's do it. It's the time where I'm a cheerleader. That's right. (laughs) This is the segment where Taylor and I pick a theater character that we're feeling this week. So we think, what are we feeling? How have we been? What have we been up to? And Mm. then we scour Mm. the theater universe and pick a theater character who reflects those thoughts, feelings, or vibes and or vibes. That's right. And we would also love to hear your thoughts all about Cats the Musical and what uh, is it weird? Is it great? Is it both? Only time will tell. And uh, also your thoughts on Suffs going to Broadway. And my son's a queer, but what can you do going to Broadway? All the things. And also, things. we would love to hear your character of the week. So comment on our social media pages. Tell us who you are this week, and you may get a shout out on a future episode. Rachel. Who is your character this week? In good fashion, I knew who we, <laughs> what we were doing this week. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I had a little head start on well, who my character would be. Well, really, I this also, podcast is how many cats characters will Rachel be? Yeah, I did have to cross-reference, and I hope that I had written all of them down correctly. So I think that I'm good. Um, mm. But if I have to go back and not be this character we will do that yeah so this week I'm just feeling like I am just challenging the systems and the powers that be Mm. I am feeling like it's a little overwhelming Mm -hmm. I'm feeling like I just I don't know I feel like I've lived a thousand lives I also have gone there's a lot going on in the world too Yeah, there's a lot going on in the world for sure. I also feel like I've seen a lot of theater the last week and a half. Mm. By the time Mm. this podcast comes out, I will have seen four shows in less than 12 days Um, right here in the state of Tennessee. And so Mm. I'm just feeling like a lot of my theater, my theater vibes. And so today with our conversation, I am Asparagus or Gus, the theater cat. Love it. I do love asparagus. Junior, the asparagus. Yeah. I also, I also just love that Gus, like asparagus, like that they chose Gus from that. It's just amazing. Yeah. 
It is funny. So love that. Oh, Taylor, love that, Rachel. You're you're you? you're shining bright like asparagus. Uh, is really. <laughs> I have a top hat and everything. Gus yeah. the theater cat. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Who are you this week, Taylor? Well, this week I feel like I am feeling a little like magical this week. Ooh. A little thing like that because sometimes a couple times this week I've come home and my wife has been like oh it's been a hard day or it's been and then she'll hand me the the baby and magically the baby will just fall asleep in my arms rude (laughs) we'll just just go to sleep and I'm like I'm sorry I don't I don't know what happened but because of that I'm feeling a little like this character who just snaps his fingers and grants wishes for anyone he wants to, because that's right. That's the genie from Aladdin. I'm feeling very, <laughs> very uh, genie-like, very, uh, I love that. You know, I'll help you out. Just tell me what oh, you need. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's good. I love that. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, well, if you guys would like to join in on our discussion this week, check us out at theaternerpod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and threads at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.